This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 214 of Youpreneur FM. I'm your host, Chris Ducker, as always, and you know I appreciate you being here. You're in the right spot, my friend, if you are a personal brand entrepreneur wanting to build a business based around you, your expertise, and the people that you want to serve. And uh, it's a pleasure to be hosting you today. And uh, speaking of today, I'm sitting down with my good friend Joanna Penn. Now, be careful. There are going to be two British voices inserted into your eardrums uh, at some point in the next minute or so. But I assure you, it's not painful. Just stick with us. Joanna is going to drop more knowledge nuggets on you from ridiculous heights. And you're going to know what to do with when it comes to selling more copies of your book. That's it. No cheap marketing tactics here. Hardcore, how am I going to sell more copies of my book? And let me tell you, she dropped ideas on me that I'd never even heard of before. And as you know, I've sold a fair few copies of that little book called Virtual Freedom. So I know you're going to enjoy it. But before we get into today's show, if you haven't already heard... Tickets are now on sale. In fact, actually, super early bird discounted tickets are now on sale for the first ever Youpreneur Summit live event, which is going to be held in London, England on November 11 and 12 of this year, 2017. We're bringing in the best speakers in the game when it comes to the personal brand entrepreneurial landscape. We'll be holding daily mastermind and brainstorming sessions, and we have several Youpreneur members themselves gracing the stage to show you exactly, step-by-step, how they've built successful businesses around their own personal brands. The event is being held at the world-famous QE2, or the Queen Elizabeth II Convention Center. It's right in the heart of London. We're already seeing people booking tickets from all around the world. This event, by the way, isn't just for people in the UK and Europe. It's for everyone. It's for every Youpreneur member, every Youpreneur listener, every Youpreneur subscriber, no matter where you are. Guys, London is one of the most incredible cities in the world. It truly is. And if you've never been, this is the perfect time now to scratch it off. You must visit list and attend our first ever live event at the same time. It's a double whammy. It's a double whammy. You can get more information on the event, discover who the speakers are, and obviously secure your place just by visiting youpreneursummit.com today. That's youpreneursummit.com. I look forward to seeing you in London. So on to my chat with Joanna. Multiple times New York Times bestseller, multiple times USA bestseller. Um, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on and on. 20 plus books to her name in both the fiction and nonfiction variety. Um, she is the book marketing coach of the stars. Well, the book selling stars anyway. But she's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, honestly, just selling more books. She knows her craft. She knows her job better than most. And it's a real pleasure to have her on the show. So buckle up. Here's myself and Joanna talking about how to flog as many copies of your book as you can. So Joanna, welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me, Chris. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. It truly is. Now, you and I have known each other for a while, but we only actually really met and sat down and shared a salad for the first time <laughs> properly at the end of 2016 when we were there both speaking at Brian Clark's event in Denver, Colorado. But here we are, two Brits, talking now, one in England, one in the Philippines, after meeting in Denver. Quite strange, that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and we're so rock and roll with our salads. I mean... <laughs> We were. <laughs> this is the life of the entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, and it, and it was a great conference, I think. And, you know, everyone listening will know this. I mean, one of the beauties of making a living online is that the friends you make are often all around the world. In fact, the people who you are better friends with are often nowhere near you physically. And I anyone know. who's near you physically, like your friends and family in real life, just don't understand what the hell you do anyway. They don't get it. <laughs> they, they simply just do not understand. So, um, look, I, I wanted you to come onto the show um today and really kind of like i wanted to deep dive on a subject that we've talked a little bit about here and there on the show we've had a lot of best-selling authors um we've you know had a lot of people talking about book marketing and you know writing a book and getting your first book out there and all the rest of it but something that we've not actually genuinely spoken very directly to and about is making more money from your book directly um, and you know a thing or ten about this, maybe <laughs> maybe more, we'll keep counting. Um, so not only are we the perfect person to bring on the show and talk about it, but I think that this is something, and this is you know my sort of first question here, I think a lot of people think about the idea of writing a book, nonfiction, obviously, right? Writing a book, getting it out there, using it to build their personal brand, using it to position themselves in a the specific uh, niche or industry, but then they kind of don't really utilize it properly to further their business. Do you see this a lot? Yes. Yeah, so, and what I what I want us to focus on in this show, because I think you know you've covered before, and and you you actually have a lot of these examples of books of your own. In that the nonfiction author who makes more money with speaking and products and courses actually does like quite a decent size, heavy hardback, you know, potential book that becomes their yes. kind of keynote speak book. Um, but what I want us to talk about today is all the other ways you can make money actually with books. So turning your books into into multiple streams of income. So, um, you know, I've, I've got a ton of little notes here. So we could, just I guess we could it. just dive in. Yes, dive, go. <laughs> dive in. Okay. So the first one I wanted to talk about was length. Because, um, you know, in terms of the book for a speaker to sell at the back of the room, they're often quite chunky. Uh, yours is probably like 70,000 words, right? You know, uh, Something along those, published. yeah, 280 yeah. odd pages. Yep, yep. Yeah, so, so quite a, a substantial book. So one of the um, tips for nonfiction speakers, if you want to just sell lots of book products, is to have lots of shorter books. Because then you get more digital shelf space, you can niche down um, with SEO book titles. So let's Let's just take, um, you know, the, uh, you know, your niche as as an example. So selling um, things online, which is a very broad topic at the end of the day. So instead of writing one magnum opus type book, what you do is think about niching those products down into smaller books. Now, in mm. fiction, these are called novellas. And in nonfiction, um, you know, they're just short nonfiction books. Um, and they can be sort of 20 to 30,000 words. So a lot shorter and and offer high value to the niche 
target audience. Um, so you can write more, you can do better SEO headlines, you know, which are basically our book titles. And we can come back to that type of research in a minute, how you do that type of research. Um, and then you can actually do, you know, if people click on your profile on Amazon, they will see a lot more books under your name rather than just this one book. Also, mm, mm. Um, and we, you know, we talk about pricing in more detail as well. But if you have lots of books at $2.99, you'll still get the 70% royalty if you self-publish. So you're making over $2 a book. So your actual income will be bigger. So um, do you do short books? Is that something you, you I've do? Not, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, obviously, I've done a lot of e-books and things like that. Virtual Freedom is, only, is the only full-blown book that I've ever written, marketed, and launched. And we're doing great. I mean, we're up almost 60,000 you know, uh, books sold now. And it's been not only great for my platform, but also for my business at Virtual Starfinder as well, obviously. Um, but it's it's funny. I've been thinking very seriously about developing a bit of a series of ebook, mm. you know, Kindle type books with an audio book element to it, obviously, because I do like to get in front of the mic every now and then. Um, or is, it, is it in front of the mic or behind the mic? I don't know where <laughs> you're standing, it's isn't it? It's behind the mic. <laughs> It's behind the mic. It's behind because it's the mic is in front. I must be behind. You're absolutely right. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I've been thinking about doing it and kind of setting it up as a series. Um, and this, so this is an interesting concept. And you're absolutely right about the whole self-publishing and the majority of the royalty and everything going to you as well. Yeah. So, and you mentioned a very important point there, which is series. So, um, the series field, when you self-publish on Amazon, Kobo, iBooks, Drafter Digital, all the usual suspects, um, the series field will link your books together. Now, this is commonly used in fiction, but you can use it in nonfiction as well. Mm. So, for example, um, you could do, you know, um, uh, books for, well, Upreneur is not a great key, you know, keyword on Amazon search term, but, you know, you could have um, uh, entrepreneurial books, volume one, volume two, volume three, and you can group those series books. Obviously, they're going to have similar branding as sure. well, so they're going to look similar, but also using that series field will mean that when people buy a book in the series, they are more likely to kind of ding those Amazon algorithm bells around series. And when they serve up, if you like this, you might might also like this in emails or in the also boards, you're going to get series books through that way. So I would recommend people use that series field. Um, and as you say, serve your niche by breaking down the different topics. So just to come back to the SEO title in case people are wondering. So Amazon is obviously a search engine for people who want to buy something. So the best way to look for um, nonfiction book titles in particular, um, use your normal keyword brainstorming as you would um, mm -hmm. around your topic. And then go to amazon.com, um, use the drop down on the left for Kindle books, and then start to type in uh, your title. So for example, I've got a book called How to Market a Book, <laughs> which is obviously a keyword rich title. But I have another one which was originally called How to Enjoy Your Job or Find a New One. That just wasn't selling, unsurprisingly. But then when I looked at keyword research, I found career change as a keyword and I retitled the book Career Change and used that in my keyword field on um, in Amazon as well. And now it ranks in the first page on Amazon for the keyword word career change. So you can look, you know, you can rebrand old books. But what I suggest for if people are researching, writing a little series, for example, or a series of little books, then um, make sure those titles are keyword specific within Amazon. Um, and that will mean you actually get traffic 
on your book just from search. Um, and obviously you're doing other types of advertising, mm-hmm. but that will actually really help. Wow. Okay. See, this is so, what, what are we like five minutes in and you've just dropped <laughs> a massive knowledge nugget from a huge height immediately. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So that's, okay. I'm going to start running a tally. <laughs> This is it. uh, I like knowledge nugget. I think we've got a couple so far. So we've got, um, you know, SEO title. We've got write a series and we've got write a series of short books. So think short. Don't think um, uh, full on. So then um, just taking it onwards then since we're going hardcore. um, What the other amazing thing is box sets. So the print box set, which people will remember from their childhood when you got like a box set of the famous five in an actual box. <laughs> oh, yes. um, the ebook box set is an ecosystem all of its own. So there are people who buy individual books and there are people who buy box sets. And I've found that this is seems to be quite a different market so some readers are such binge readers that they want a box set of things now you can do this for fiction and non-fiction um so basically a box set um and i use uh, here's another little tip if you're on a mac use vellum v-e-l-l-u-m uh which is amazing um publishing software uh, specifically formatting software um okay. does amazing ebooks but to do a box set all you need to do is drag three and three is generally a good number so say you've got a series on communication then you drag your three books into a new um volume and then you put a new cover on and you've got a box set which oh, gives you another product um on Amazon that's aimed at specific um, box set type readers it's great value because maybe you price them at 2.99 each so that's mm-hmm. what nine dollars so maybe you price your box set at 4.99 now some people will think oh but then i'm losing money but actually what you've just done is get more money per sale yes and because it's not everybody's slight- going to buy all three books Exactly. So what you get there is people go, oh, that's a nice bargain. And the other bonus. Do they say it just like that? They will. (laughs) That's so, (laughs) we're getting very, very British. Oh, that's a nice bargain. I'll stick it in the bag. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, okay. okay. Well, then take, taking it even further, if yeah. you have a, a a higher price box set, so if you could even for a t- for t- your two ninety nine books, right? You could even put five in a box set, and which might be nine ninety nine at full price. Then you can apply for something um, on BookBub. So if people don't know, BookBub dot com, b o o k b u b dot com is probably the um, site that will shift more books than anybody else within a short period. It's how, you know, I've hit the USA Today list and um, a couple of years ago hit the New York Times list as a self-published author. It, it is possible generally with BookBub. So um, what you can do with, say you've got this nine ninety nine box set, which is great value. If you then reduce it to 99 cents for a limited period, you are likely to get a promotion like a BookBub, which can shift maybe 3,000 books in a day um, at an, uh, with a 99 cent deal which if you then um ad stack that with say facebook ads and amazon ads and other ads you can potentially sell enough in a week to hit one of the lists um because some weeks depends what time of year but some weeks you know i hit the usa today list in august with uh 8, books in a week wow. yeah. so you can do this type of thing so that's my next tip is um is box sets i love that and, and let me just add also and i'm very curious because i mean you've done this for so much longer than I have, and, and you're way, way, way more qualified to speak on this subject. But I want to point this out as well. 
a lot of people think that you can only hit one of the big lists when your book is launched. But that is incorrect. You can hit the list even a year or two after your book comes out, uh, as long as you get enough sales in in a week-long period. Am I right in saying that, or am I totally off target? No, you are totally right. And in fact, it's easier to hit the list with a backlist book because of things like BookBub will only take your book if you have a substantial number of reviews, which, as we know, Mm. you get more reviews over time. So I hit the the USA Today in August, as I said, with a three-book box set of my Arcane Thriller series, um, with the books I wrote in 2011, 2012. So, and yeah, and what you've got to remember, and this, this is very much indie publishing versus traditional publishing, traditional publishing focus on the front list, although they are realizing the power of the backlist, Um, but indies make far more money from backlist books. So, um, and things like bundling these ebook, um, bundles you can also do it with other authors this is another thing to do a short this is how i hit the new york times a couple of years ago uh 12 of us authors put together a box set and uh, they might have changed the rules on that now the new york times as you know is not based on sales it's based on a number of things including personal curation but the usa today is still based on sales volume within the week of counting Mm. um but yeah, basically you can do multi-author box sets. So um, you can use a site like um, Bundle Rabbit uh, to to split the money. So that's a, a good site to use because otherwise someone has to actually publish it and be in charge of distribution of funds and things like that. So mm-hmm. there are lots of ways that doing box sets, single author, multi-author, you can also use them for income purposes or marketing purposes. So to me, box sets are this kind of underutilized um uh, product and we can come back on audio as well because there's some exciting things happening there. Um, so can I can I move on? Just keep going. Bit? I I I am. Oh my gosh! Keep going because this is so good. Can we just Obviously. like? I'm seriously considering we should do a weekly show together. Just on this. <laughs> just my on gosh. To, well, Chris, just so you know, I have a weekly podcast on yes. these topics. I love it. That's good to know. Okay, and we will um, link to that and all the other seventeen thousand URLs. It will be. <laughs> okay, keep moving. Um, keep going. We're doing okay, good. So. So I want to come back on box sets, but also going wide. So there is a thing called KDP Select, which is um, Amazon's exclusivity program for your eBooks. Now, you can opt in for 90 days and then you can take your book out or you never have to opt in. Completely up to you. I would recommend that people do try KDP Select because it works amazingly well for some people and for other people it doesn't work well. Also, it depends um, what your general feeling is and what you want for the long term. So for me, um, uh, my my aim is to build up readers on every platform in every country. So in 10 years time, I just have such a massive reach globally through all these different platforms that I'm not dependent on Amazon US sales, which is what KDP Select is generally. So we're international, but people, right? So with box sets, what I found is that um, readers on Kobo and iBooks are not trained for low-priced books. So the, the readers on Amazon, especially KDP Select, are often looking for um, the cheap, um, the cheaper books, so the mm-hmm. sales and the deals. And BookBub is, is a sales promotion tool. But if you want to make income, then you put higher price box sets on Kobo and iBooks. Now, the reason why <laughs> is, first of all, they don't have a nine ninety nine cap on the 70% royalty. So I have a $16.99 uh, box set on iBooks and Kobo that I get, what, $15 around, well, maybe $14 per sale Love it. on. 
And because they, the, the, and there's another two reasons. One is that Kobo and iBooks are merchandise stores, so they are not run so much on algorithms like Amazon is. They run on merchandising and, you know, so they have people actually curating these things. So they are looking for these higher priced products to promote because their readers are not price sensitive and Kobo and iBooks make more money when they sell a higher priced product. Mm. So you get that more income, you get the um, merchandising possibilities. And also, um, I it's crazy, like half of my income from Kobo last year, which is was not insubstantial was from box sets um and it's quite crazy how well they can sell and then you can also put them into their deals but they don't have to be 99 cent deals they can be 16.99 reduced to 9.99 and they consider that to be an amazing discount so what i would say with um box sets is have a look at the other stores that do not cap at 9.99 which amazon does um for 70% royalty and mm-hmm. use bigger box sets so i do three book box sets on amazon and then i'll do seven eight whatever box sets on the other stores okay this is good because now we're getting both ends of the market or the spectrum so to speak i like that let me ask you this and and just kind of entertain my curiosity here above and beyond everything else how open are you with your earnings in regards to all these things you talk about the money that you make on your blog or your podcast uh, yeah. So every year after I do my tax return, here we go. <laughs> so for it's so for me it's May. Uh, I mean, I'm not Pat Flynn. Like I don't share all my earnings every month. Yes, yeah, so I wish he down. didn't do it as well as my best friend. <laughs> I keep telling him not to bloody do it, but he I keeps mean, doing just, it anyway. <laughs> he does, and it's, I think it's inspiring for people. Like uh, John Lee Dumas does it at Entrepreneur on Fire as well. Yeah. Um, but but I share. But also, I'm not obsessed with with stats. Like I'm I'm writing books. I have like 21 books, and I've got another six like coming this year. Um, um, I'm busy creating. So I tend to do my end of year, as long as the money coming in, you know, I measure dollars, not so much volume, but then sure. at the end of the year. Um, so if people Google um, almost six figures on the creative pen.com and that's pen with a double N, I mm-hmm. did a roundup post in May of this year of the breakdown of my book sales only. So this is just book sales that hit around 96,000 US um, in a year, which you know, for it's an incredible. indie author, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. And, and obviously, my business has other ang- other levels to it. It's not just um, books, but that that is just from book sales. And also on that post, I break down sales per um, uh, type, so print, ebook, audiobook, sales per vendor, Kobo, you know, iBooks, Amazon, and also per country. So this is interesting too, Chris. So for the first time this year, when I reported in May 2016, my sales in the US were only something like 46 percent of mm-hmm. my book sales. Now, in previous years, the US has been nearer 80% sure. of book sales. So what this shows is that the expansion of digital is moving out into the wider world. Yes. And as we know, with the expansion of the internet, with um, you know Facebook Basics, with Virgin and Qualcomm and, and Google Loon and you know bringing the streaming internet to the rest of the world by 2020, the expansion into countries outside of the US on smartphones is very exciting. So um, that would be another tip for people is look like just look ahead a little bit to 2020. And if I oh, I'm so excited about this, you know, I mean, just love all this. Oh, yeah, go. I love (laughs) um, it. Eat it up. 
as we talk right now, so I'm not sure when this is going out, but um, there's Digital Book World, which is a conference in the US. Um, they are reporting that 70% of adult fiction sales in the US are digital and 40, I think it's 43% of all book sales in the US are digital. So if you wind that forward, oh, and I think it's 30% of all books, are, all ebooks are self-published now, sure. sold. Okay. Um, so if you think, if you wind that forward to the rest of the world, so if 40% of all books sold in the world are digital, then that's just crazy. If you just, huge. I mean, and a massive most, opportunity, a exactly. huge opportunity for anybody with, you know, a certain level of experience in their field, whatever that field may be, because people buy books about everything and anything. Um, and I mean, like, even if you take the, I'm sure some of those numbers are obviously fiction, but I mean, you bring the nonfiction stuff in, I look at. You know, what I've done particularly on Virtual Freedom, for example, it's it's really been like a 50-50 split down the middle between paperback and ebook. The audiobook has not done well because I didn't record it myself. I, I, kind of, I disagree with that. I'm, I'm okay. going to disagree with you there, Chris. Go on. Please do. <laughs> how, I love it. How long is your audiobook? Oh, God, I don't even know. I've, I Honestly, I'd say probably six hours or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's the reason. Ah. So... This is this is okay. So let's get on to audiobooks. We'll come back to print. Let's do it. I know I know we're going fast, but well, I want to come back to print. But audiobooks. Okay, so this is what I've discovered, and coming back on box sets. So I have um, a number of um, uh, audiobooks, fiction and nonfiction. And what I've discovered is if the book is less, because we can't decide the price often. I mean, and if you self-publish your audiobooks through acx.com, um, which you can only do if you're in the US or the UK, sorry, other people. Um, but if you self-publish your audiobooks, so you actually like do it yourself and get the royalties yourself, you mm -hmm. still have no control over price. Now, Audible is run mainly on subscription, on the subscription model. So you have to think, how much do people pay for their subscription per month? So I joined Audible to kind of figure, figure this all out. So I pay £7.99 a month for one audiobook. So, and the price of the audiobook is dependent on the length. So, if I look at your audiobook for six hours and it is um, $4.99, and then I look at an 18 hour audiobook <laughs> or a 10 hour mm -hmm. audiobook, which is priced at $10.99 and I've paid $7.99, what is the better deal? And what I've found is if you have audiobooks that are over eight hours, then your price will match up with what the expectation of the Audible credit holder is. And they are more likely to buy your book. So yes, you're going to get hardcore Chris Ducker fans, but you're not going to necessarily get browsers within Audible. Sure. So that's one big tip. So and so coming back on the box sets, you can do audiobook box sets. So um, I've just done my first one. Um, it is fiction, but I will be looking at doing this for nonfiction too, in that the audiobook box set gives a much longer product and my sales have tripled with wow. the same books, but packaged as an audiobook box set. So um, that's pretty exciting, right? So it, 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 it you know, we think we know what's going on and then you do a bit of testing and you realize, oh my goodness, it's something as simple as when they look at the price versus how much they've paid per month for their credit, it's not a good deal. So <laughs> that's literally yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is, okay. So that's incredibly interesting. So, I mean, that was, you know, I made your typical kind of first author rookie mistake with virtual freedom and decided to go with a publisher instead of doing it myself. Um, 
second I book. I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, well, I, don't think I think it's a you bad know, thing at all. Here, here's the thing. I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think I could, and I know I could have made a lot more money if I'd have self-published it. Um, it was a goal to become a quote-unquote traditionally published author. So because of that, I went ahead and did what I did. I'm very happy with Virtual Freedom. It's touched tens and tens of thousands of people. So I'm very happy with it. As far as I'm concerned, it's been a raving success. Um, and there's not, you know, there's not a single week that goes by where I don't get an email or a message of some variety from somebody telling me how much it's changed their business and their lives and everything. So, you know, chalk that one up to experience. Maybe, yes, I could have made more money, but ultimately I'm still, I've still been able to do exactly what I wanted to do with the book as a piece of work. Yeah, and I, and I think, as I said right at the top of the program, if, you know, with a speak, you're a speaker, international speaker, and you do back-of-the-room sales, like, you, a lot of your speaking work would get booked because you have a traditional published sure. book, yep. and you have that credibility. It is a credibility thing. It's not an income thing, um, in my opinion. Um, and it's definitely something that I, I entirely recommend to people who have the type of model that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just a total book nerd. <laughs> And, and I just love doing all this stuff. Um, but I would still take a traditional deal, absolutely, for the right um, for the right deal. And yep. um, I'm getting a lot more into intellectual property rights and, you know, a ton of fascinating stuff around um, IP exploitation. So that's a completely different topic for another day. But um, I think, you know, you're right with that, but there's so much more you can do. So um, before we, uh, I know we're running out of time, but I, I just did want to come back on print because a lot of people, we've talked about eBooks, we've talked about audiobooks, which of course, both of which you can consume on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but print is, okay, this is the year that beautiful print is going nuts. So my own, I've just set up a small press in order to focus more on print. So Mm. Curl Up Press launched uh, yesterday, like Curl Up with a good book, Um, Curl Up Press. So there are two um, methods for uh, doing, well, for print on demand. So print on demand, if people don't know. So if you order one of my books on Amazon as a print book, um, you'll order it, one copy will be printed and sent to you as the customer. still blows my mind, this stuff. It's really. does incredible so and i just get the money so basically you know i have print books for pretty much all my books except the really really short ones um and uh, those just get printed go to the customer now there's two routes to do print on demand the first is create space which is amazon's own company and um, pretty much that's you definitely do that for the amazon um your amazon product so do create space or they're actually starting to do it through the kdp dashboard at kdp.amazon.com so you publish an ebook and then they'll say do you want to put this out as a print book so you go yes i do fantastic and then um but the problem if you think about all the bookstores in the world all the libraries in the mm-hmm, world, and mm-hmm. these are a very big market. They will not order from CreateSpace. Um, there are two reasons for that. Yes, One, tell us they why. Are, well, they are culturally um, against of Amazon. Course. That's a given. <laughs> um, yeah. But the second reason is um, they want a wholesale price. So they uh, want a okay. 30% discount or a 45% discount, which you can't do through CreateSpace because mm. it is, it's not set up that way. But what you can do um, is Ingram Spark. So Ingram is one of the world's biggest book distribution companies. Um, it is the site that f- even fuels uh, CreateSpace books in the UK. So I was at the factory the other day and there were books going to Amazon from Ingram. So it, they're out. They do a lot of the outsource printing. They are used by some of the biggest publishers in the world, including, you know, 
Cambridge University Press and, you know, whatever. You can have a look on Ingram and find out. But they distribute to their, their database is what people search on when they're librarians or their bookstore owners. So if someone goes into a bookstore in whatever town in the world and says, I want to order um, Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker. Well, no, that's traditionally published, so it will be there. But if they try and order... Um, somebody who only uses CreateSpace, it won't even appear in wow. that database. Wow. But if you publish through Ingram Spark as well as CreateSpace mm-hmm. and you essentially just um, do CreateSpace but not the extended distribution tab, and when you're actually publishing, you'll see it, just don't select that, um, then you do the extended distribution through Ingram Spark and then your book is amazingly everywhere else in the world and people can order it and and if you use a press name like i'm using curl up press then people don't even think that you're self-published you're just another book of course so i found that i've doubled my print sales by just being also available on ingram spark without even doing any extra marketing and i'm about to start and this is so old school you'll love this i'm about to do um a postcard mail out like oh, physical mail out to librarians because this is a huge market and yes. there's also things like plr public lending rights there's a whole load of money to be made with print products that we can still do as online entrepreneurs and we don't have to warehouse and we don't have to hold stock and we don't have to go to the post office so that's really exciting and, and as i was saying there's a trend in 2017 to go back to beautiful print especially hardbacks yes. and beautiful editions so what i'm uh, ingram also allow you to do hardbacks so you can't do hardbacks with create space so which i always another- thought is kind of they're missing a major beat right there like you know I, I mean i would have thought that it would be a no-brainer for them to add that in as kind of like a premium type thing or something along those lines do you know why they've never done the hardcover side of things well, I, I did. Um, I asked them. I was over in Charleston and I did ask them and they were basically like, yeah, maybe one day. But I think, I mean, they know the numbers, right? Yeah, They're course. Amazon. So they probably look at the numbers. I mean, most people don't buy hardbacks. So it's not a massive revenue stream. But for people like us, yes. so I know, like I have a book called The Successful Author Mindset, which contains excerpts from my own diaries. So it's really personal and it's resonated with people very much. So what I'm thinking of doing is a limited edition hardback version of the successful author mindset and do um you know just make it a really special product that a certain number of people will buy because they're in my um audience yes um now we can do that um i probably i might do some hardback versions of my fiction but i don't know whether it will be worth it but with print on demand what's so amazing right you can do it the setup costs are very very low Mm. um and then it just sits there so you don't have to pay for printing or shipping or anything they they will sit there so i just think print is a fascinating topic in fact i'm john lee dumas is on my podcast this week um next week uh talking about his print journals and i'm also doing some limited edition journals um you know a bit like moleskins but with my my branding and my quotes and things in for my audience this year so combining this kind of high volume digital approach you know, with smart marketing, you know, we haven't even got time to talk about book marketing. Um, but with these beautiful, hardback, lovely designed print products, and you've got a really awesome kind of book. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, for certain things, particularly if you're, if you're, a, if you're a nonfiction author, if you're a business author, that is also doing things like running their own events, doing their own seminars, their own workshops, 20 people, 100 people, whatever it is, 
They're the places where if you have hardcover versions of your books, you can do little signings, you can sell them on the spot, people can order in advance, whatever the case may be. It, there's just something about that hardcover. I think you're right. It's not normal anymore, but I still feel like it's the best way to be able to kind of sell your book as an author as well is that hardback version. Yeah, and and definitely having if if there are two other reasons to do print, and as you say, one of them is marketing, as in, and giveaways. So mm-hmm. people love that kind of signed approach. So even if you're just doing it for that, but the second thing is price comparison for your Kindle book. Yes. So if you go and order on Amazon, actually they've even changed it now, and they roll out these changes slowly, so people might not have seen it. But if I click on a print version of a book at the moment, I get a pop up which says you can get this eight dollars cheaper if you buy the Kindle version. Do you want the Kindle version <laughs> instead? I think it literally says that. Yeah. Um, which is incredible so they i mean they are they are actively marking the kindle book against the print book with the discount and if you don't have a print book you can't see that discount very interesting Um, so it just as a price comparison again you've got to think the mind of the buyer especially buyers like me i probably buy 20 books a week i'm a very high volume reader and book buyer this is Mm. my everything you know everything uh you know how i consume everything um you know i i don't read blogs anymore i read books and i listen to podcasts that's basically how i consume information so you know this is fascinating stuff oh i should just mention on this too on the deal approach um if people own the ebook version they will get the audio book version for cheaper yes so again this is yeah so this is another reason for if you do an ebook promotion like a book bub you'll also get a spike in your audiobook sales so that might be something for you to think with your audiobook you can spike the audiobook sales by doing a sale on your ebook through book bub or something like that no i love it it's it's this is all great stuff look i wish we had more time i kind of feel like there is a part two to this interview <laughs> may possibly even a part three as well um which we'll try and get we'll we'll try and get around a recording um joanna penn you are bloody awesome i love you you know this already but i want the world to know about my affection for this lady because she truly <laughs> Thanks, is uh, you know you truly do know your craft you know your job and uh, i only say something like that when i truly mean it so thank you for coming on and sharing all those those knowledge nuggets please thank oh, you so much no no worries and i mean i do have loads of information if people want more uh, come along to the creative pen with the double n dot com and the author blueprint is probably the best place to start and there's loads of free information and also my podcast the creative pen uh, available all the usual places I love it. And we will link to all of those and everything else that we've discussed here in the show notes over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode 214. Joanna, thank you for being with me. And for you guys tuning in, thank you for spending a bit of time with us today. We hope that you've learned lots and lots and lots. I know I have personally. I've got a page full of notes, actually. And we'll be back at you again next week with another episode of Youpreneur FM. Until then, take good care and be kind to each other. Bye for now. It's the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business. As well as rub shoulders. Gain support. Have access to immediate feedback. As well as nonstop accountability from your peers. Is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information. And to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of. Today. Today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.